on, and we're gonna have the hap hap happiest Christmas. I'll never turn to the dark side. Into Benoit Blanc. Can you introduce me as Joker? I am the father. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Phil at the Movies. I'm your host, Phil Walsh, and you're listening to episode number 85 of this ongoing podcast series that is for the love of movies. Hope you all had a wonderful and bountiful Thanksgiving. You're now enjoying the leftovers of the holiday, maybe participating in the madness that is Black Friday, or just relaxing and enjoying time with family and friends, and perhaps maybe about to check out a movie or two. Certainly there are a number of great options playing at this particular point. Uh, One, of course, that uh, I'm going to talk to you about today is a new horror film, but also opening this week is Napoleon, and uh, I will report back once I have seen the film and share with you my thoughts and reactions on Ridley Scott's and Joaquin Phoenix's new project, which is already getting uh, pretty strong reviews uh, thus far, but uh, again, I'll report back after I have seen the film. But in this this spirit of the holiday season, let's let's talk some turkey today. Uh, while we're still in our, our turkey comas and Thanksgiving hangovers, I want to talk to you about, as I said, a new horror film, and already, I believe, this film has become an instant classic. And and I don't say that lightly. I don't say that um, with any amount of, of bombast or just sort of basking in the moment. I say it because I, I think this new film, appropriately titled Thanksgiving, is going to age like a fine wine over the course of the Thanksgivings to come. Now, this is a new horror film, slasher film, directed by Eli Roth, and it is out of this world. I mean, it is a a delectable, gory, funny, and wildly entertaining slasher feast. Now, a little bit of history about this film. Yes, it is a slasher film. It's a horror film. It is one of the best, not only of this year. I mean, this film is going to make my top ten films of the year without question. Uh, But it's also one of the best horror film, best slasher films, I should say, in recent years. I mean, I would put it alongside such classics, instant classics as films like Pearl or X or Halloween 2018. This is a towering achievement, and it it hits all the right notes, if you will, uh, that you might expect from a slasher film while providing a holiday feast that is in the tradition of some of the great 80s horror films like Friday the 13th and, of course, the Halloween series. But on to the the history of this film, um, because as I said, it, it is it is, splat-ta- it is splat-tacular, <laughs> if you will, um, marvelous and thrilling. But it, it, interestingly enough, began as a fake trailer. Um, yeah, this, this is a true story. The film that it was 
a part of uh, was called Grindhouse, and it came out about 16 years ago. And the movie was sort of a throwback to the sort of the, the gritty uh, Grindhouse films of the 1970s, with sort of the uh, distorted and 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 smoky uh, cinematography and, and images and whatnot. And so there were a number of fake trailers created for this particular movie, and some of them have already gone on to become films like the movie uh, Machete. Now, for years, there has been speculation about this film being turned, or this trailer, I should say, turned into a full-length film. And, and Eli Roth has said he has had this in his uh, the back of his brain for a number of years. There's a number of sequences in the film that he first came up with when he was 12 years old, watching films like Halloween and Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, so there's there's a lot of inspiration and and sort of uh, sort of pent up creativity in this particular project. Well, as I said, this is Eli Roth's brainchild, and you know he is, I think, to put it. Mildly, he is a bit of a divisive uh, director. I'm not sure if that is the right word, but uh, you either like his 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 stuff or or you don't. Um, he is the director of films uh, such as Cabin Fever and the Hostel movies, and, and he has a, a tendency to to lean heavily into the gore and the splatter, and then sometimes weaving in some comedic elements uh, as well. Uh, so again, he, he is, you know, he's divisive, you know, you either like his films or you don't. This, I believe, is his best film ever. A and not only because of the creative history behind it, but because, as I indicated at the start, it is a wild and, frankly, incredible tribute to some of the mid to late 90s slashers where the, the genre really saw a resurgence in the wake of Scream, it's very much in that that vibe and tradition. I picked up a lot of I Know What You Did Last Summer uh, vibes from this particular film, in addition to uh, to Scream, uh, but it also has sort of the, the, the splatter and the gore, and of course the, uh, the iconography, if you will, of films like Friday the 13th, My Bloody Valentine, or of course Halloween. And I, I mean this in the most loving way possible. This movie can be best described as Scream, or as Halloween meets Scream, or Halloween meets I Know What You Did Last Summer. So start off with the, with the premise of the film. I won't get too much into spoilers because there is a mystery element to it, uh, so I will, I'll, I'll spare that uh, at the, for the moment, but I will give you just sort of a, a rundown of the plot. It sets up a Black Friday massacre at a stand-in for a Walmart called Wright Mart in Plymouth, Mass. And it takes place on Thanksgiving night, and there's a, as they said, a massacre at a store where there's a stampede as people are rushing in to try to buy the latest toaster oven that is on sale for a ridiculously low price. And in the result, there's a number of people injured or, or killed. Flash forward one year later... Someone wearing the mask of a real-life uh, individual, John Carver, who was the governor of Plymouth Colony uh, back in the day, is going around targeting the survivors of that said massacre that happened at the Wright Mart store and sort of picking them off one by one as a revenge scheme. 
and it centers on this core group of of teenagers. Uh, one of them happens to be the daughter of the uh, owner of the Right Mart store, and so they're all trying to piece together who is this John Carver, why is he doing this, and it's a race against time leading up to that year's Thanksgiving over who is doing this and, and ultimately why is he doing it. Now, as I said, this is a slasher film in every sense of the word, and there are some pretty gnarly uh, kills in this particular film. I, I won't go too heavily into spoilers because it, it will uh, sort of take away the shock from it, but there is one particular sequence where uh, literally a, a, a life-sized, uh, full-course Thanksgiving meal is served uh, to all of the survivors. And you can just imagine the imagery that goes with that. But it's never done in a way where it's over the top or offensive. There is a, a sort of an interesting comedic element that runs through this entire movie, which I think ultimately raises it up from just being a, you know, what could be a gore or gross out kind of a film. I think the wrong kind of director or a misguided script could have leaned too heavily into the effects and and sort of gross out situations but everything has a right balance and kind of hits that 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 sweet spot where it's it's unsettling it's creepy but you're also having a fun and entertaining time because the characters are so interesting and and the dialogue is smart and just the whole premise of a of a slasher movie set around Thanksgiving in sort of the birthplace of the holiday Plymouth Mass, no less, is, is just a perfect way to sort of take this holiday and inject it into the horror realm. And on that note, it is amazing how there have not been many Thanksgiving-related horror films. That's not to say that there aren't, because there certainly are a few, but one that really takes it to this particular level. And with the character of John Carver, uh, who is the the slasher in this film, I would put this character alongside Michael Myers and Ghostface as an already an icon. Just from the mask, I mean, he looks like a pilgrim. It's, a, it's sort of a, a, a creepy but also neutral expression. Perfect kind of vibe and look if you want, for a horror movie villain. And I think already you've, you've sort of entered this guy into the, into the big leagues. And I think part of that is the, the, the slasher has a unique personality. And sometimes in these movies, the, the, the slasher, if you will, has no personality. They sort of just exist to show up, do their job, so to speak, and then disappear off uh, screen until uh, you know there needs to be a scare or a jump or something like that, and the audience actually gets to spend a lot of time with uh, with this this killer, and I think that kind of sort of adds to the mystique, adds to the uh, already myth making of of this particular one, and it also you know differentiates him from sort of other wannabe um, you know stalkers or slashers in this particular genre where we do get enough time uh, to sort of see the personality uh, at play. 
Uh, there's one particular scene early on. I, I won't go into too much spoilers, but uh, there's a scene where John Carver has an interaction with a cat, and I saw this with a pretty full house uh, last week, and the reaction from the audience was what you want in these kind of a movies. I mean, everyone was engaged and laughing and screaming and shouting at the screen. But this particular moment with the cat, everyone was like, oh my God, don't kill the cat, don't kill the cat. Well, spoiler alert, the cat is fine. And it's, it's again, it was these little moments that sort of, you know, sort of gave the audience a, a needed sigh of relief and also kind of a, a, a forced laugh, if you will, amid all of the tension and suspense. And, and on that point... This movie is not just slash and kills and sort of how many creative ways can we you know, tie Thanksgiving in to a slasher film and, and use that as a way to uh, sort of you know, slice and dice people <laughs> in these kind of movies. There's a lot of, of, of real moments of, of tension, and, and particularly with the character of John Carver. Again, there's one scene where he's stalking one of the characters. And it's it's generally frightening because you literally don't know what is going to happen. You think it's going to go one way and then it goes another. And that's something that I really appreciate in a good slasher film. It's not just about, you know, how many creative ways can you kill somebody in a movie, but is there a story? Is there sort of a, a build-up, a, a cat-and-mouse game? And that was clear in this particular film, right from the start, with a a kind of a subtle nod to uh, to Halloween, where the character of Jess uh, notices somebody in a John Carver mask staring at her from across the street, and then when she looks over again, uh, the character is gone. Again, nice little subtle references to to Halloween that I certainly appreciated. And for fans of the genre, there were so many Easter eggs and nods to other horror movies peppered throughout the film that I think you really will will savor it and appreciate it. Uh, but but even in addition to uh, sort of you know, the uh, the moments that uh, hardcore fans uh, will will like, there, there's a great mystery element to it. I mean, certainly astute viewers may pick up on who the killer is early on, but that still doesn't diminish the the mystery aspect and ultimately the revelation and final confrontation that happens with the film. It, it is finely crafted, and I would dare say that the, the, the teenage characters in this film all have distinct personalities. I wouldn't say it's quite on the level of Scream with the way the teen characters were crafted in that film, but it, it's, I would say, more in the vibe of, like, I Know What You Did Last Summer, which is... You know, major props, because oftentimes characters in these types uh, types of movies are just there for for cannon fodder, if you will. They're, they're stock characters with no personality, and even though you have some cliche elements in this film, like the jock, everybody has great dialogue, and there's a a real believability to their friendship and and dynamic that I think ultimately enhances this movie and kind of raises the stakes from just being another slasher film into being something uh, much more 
impactful and frankly celebrated. I, I, I loved it. I mean, it's, it's funny when it needs to be. There's some real great moments of, of humor and, and, and laugh out loud situations, but there's also enough scare and gores to, uh, gore to, you know, to, you know, hit all of the, the right notes. I mean, it's, it's a bountiful, uh, feast, if you will, and you're not going to leave hungry. It, it delivers exactly what it promises to be, which is a Thanksgiving slasher film. And, and to me, that's kind of what I ultimately want from these movies. I don't necessarily need a larger commentary, if you will, even though there is an interesting uh, sort of point uh, vis-a-vis the commercialization of, of Black Friday that takes place early on in the film. But by and large, this movie is simply there to entertain and provide a wild ride uh, of a slasher film. And again, I love holiday horror films. You know, I love Halloween. I've talked about it enough uh, times on this show. Uh, but certainly this is a a film in that tradition. And, and already, as I've said, John Carver is an iconic uh, character. Uh, and I expect that uh, we may uh, see this uh, slasher pop up yet again because I do feel like there is uh, uh, th- there are some uh, you know, potentials for uh, for reheats, if you will. All right, I'll stop with the uh, Thanksgiving uh, references and metaphors, but highly recommend this film. Funny, scary, entertaining, and just a wild good ride at the movies. As I said, I already would put this in my top ten horror films of the year, would put it in my top 10 films of the year. It's one of the best new slasher movies. And just props to Eli Roth for taking what was a fake trailer and turning it into you know, a 90-minute and change full-length movie. It's an absolute great time at the movie. I encourage you to see it. Even if you're not a fan of these particular movies, there's enough humor and, and uh, lighthearted moments that kind of uh, make this film rise above the sort of standard slasher fare. Has a great cast, including Patrick Dempsey uh, in it. He brings uh, his uh, uh, New England accent out for a spin, and it is uh, just a great addition. And that's really something that I, I have to give major props to the film as well. It leans into the Thanksgiving iconography and the holiday. This is not just passing reference to, to Thanksgiving. It's set in Plymouth, Mass., it has that sort of New England small town feel, and it, it is all about the Thanksgiving aesthetic. There is a great sequence that takes place at the parade that is both chilling and, and gory at the same time. Uh, it's one of my favorite sequences of the entire movie, uh, the parade scene that takes place uh, right before the beginning of the third act. Uh, just Just a wild, wild ride. And again, as I said, it, it delivers what you want, and more. Uh, Pleasantly surprised with this film. Loved the mystery aspect to it. The humor was on point. And the cast also just sort of adds a whole other layer uh, of deliciousness uh, to this movie. All right, I will stop with the the food references and, and metaphors. But as you can hear, I am a big fan of this particular movie. And uh, I love it when a movie catches me by surprise or wasn't on my radar, and I discovered it through happenstance. This was a film that I only recently discovered about just a few weeks back, and already it is one of my favorite films of the year. So 
Uh, it's, it's sometimes nice to go in and expect the unexpected and, and just have a, a sort of a wild and, and entertaining ride from start to finish. Uh, again, it really has a nice callback to those slasher films of the mid to late 90s with a, with a panache of, of 80s gore and uh, aesthetics. But uh, all in all, Thanksgiving is a, is a must-see. Uh, even if you're not a fan of these films, I think there is something in it for everybody. Just, if anything, for a, a entertaining uh, ride. You know, if you're looking for uh, maybe something to see this weekend, uh, you're looking for sort of a, a good popcorn film, check out Thanksgiving because it will be worth your time. I guarantee it. But uh, any event, that is all that I have for you today. wanted to just sort of give you my thoughts and reactions on this latest slasher film. Uh, I will... Uh, circle back next week. We're going to be starting Christmas countdown, end of the year reviews from here on out. So it's going to be a sort of a, a mixture of, of different shows, uh, either focusing on Christmas movies or sort of ranking uh, films of the year. So look forward uh, to that in the coming weeks. I will circle back at a certain point in time with my reaction and review for Napoleon. My thought is I will probably do a full-length episode after the holidays just so I can do a proper review of that. And I want to also do one on Killers of the Flower Moon. But uh, that's what's coming up as we uh, begin the, uh, the final countdown for the rest of the year. Christmas is upon us, holiday movies, and uh, end-of-the-year reviews. So uh, next week, December 1st, the, uh, the holiday season begins in earnest with uh, an appropriate uh, discussion on the film The Santa Claus. And I'll be uh, talking about that with uh, a friend of mine uh, who also uh, co-hosts his own uh, podcast called Tis the Podcast. So Anthony Caruso, he's been on this show before. He'll be making a return uh, for next week's uh, show. But uh, today was sort of the appetizer, if you will. All right, I did it again with the food references. But, uh, you know, we're in the holiday spirit, and uh, things are uh, only going to continue from here. But as always, everybody, thank you for tuning in and hearing what I have to say on movies. I appreciate and am thankful for each and every one of you who takes the time to listen and to rate and review and to chime in with your thoughts and feedback. It means the world to me. And that is something that I am most thankful for uh, this year. Just all of you who I consider a friend of Phil at the Movies, thank you for being a part of this cinematic journey with me. I just appreciate and value each and every one of you. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, and thank you. Wish you all a happy and healthy holiday season. That is all that I have for you today. Thank you again for tuning in and having a listen. I'll be back next week, and we'll do this all over again for the love of movies. All copyright material used or referenced in this show belong to the rightful owners and is made possible by the Fair Use Act. Thank you for listening to Phil at the Movies.